0: When you take a normal, uh, what is normal, right, people ask, uh, uh, an American diet, we typically would get about 10 milligram, or, uh, about 15 milligram of alpha tocopherol, just from your normal diet, for the, that part of the vitamin E tocopherol. On the tocotrienol, you know, based on an American diet, probably two to five milligram, just eating uh, from food like that. You can find tocotrienol a small, small amount uh, in nuts, uh, like uh, corn, avocado, pistachio like this. So in an American diet.
1: Hey there, my friend. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, founder here at the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project. And I want to welcome you to this wonderful episode of our podcast, where we're joined by special guest expert, Dr. Barry Tan. And this is going to be a good one, because believe it or not, Dr. Tan is the world's foremost expert on vitamin E. Yes, vitamin E. This vitamin that many of us have heard of, but not many of us know what it actually does. And it turns out that vitamin E is one of the keys to actually reducing inflammation in the body and protecting all of these special fats in the body. As Dr. Tan's going to explain in this wonderful conversation, all of our cells, the trillions of cells in our bodies, they're surrounded by this fatty layer, this phospholipid bilayer, and vitamin E and the right kinds of vitamin E actually help protect that layer. It has an antioxidant function, it has an anti-inflammatory function, and it's just so cool that we're here with the world's foremost expert on this stuff, and he actually will tell you about the special form of vitamin E that he identified in these special annatto plants down in South America that have profound health benefits. Dr. Tan actually discusses some of his primary research that he and his team of scientists are doing on how this special form of vitamin E, along with this new compound called GG that he's effectively using in clinical trials, To do everything from helping combat cancers to improving lipids and cholesterol levels to decreasing fatty liver and reducing inflammation, even using it to help reduce weight, he covers all of his research in this amazing conversation. And I originally stumbled upon Dr. Tan around a year ago where I saw him interviewed on another great health podcast, and I was just blown away at some of the nuance of this stuff, right? I mean, I know here in the podcast, we're talking about a lot of these big picture pieces, like getting our nutrition to be simple and sustainable, moving our bodies and exercising and the right kinds of mindset things. Well, when it comes to this world of health, this stuff, as you know, is like super deep. And there's even some nuances on different forms of vitamins, like in this case, this discussion today on vitamin E, that could be a game changer for your health. So I'm excited to bring this conversation with Dr. Barry Tan. He's a real expert in this space, and he's just a really charming man and a guy who's just doing a lot to promote wellness on the front of vitamin E. So if you never thought about vitamin E before, you're going to learn a lot today. And I think you might even be inspired at the end of this to check out some of Dr. Tan's supplements. He runs a company called American River Nutrition that actually sources the finest source of this special vitamin E that he's going to talk about in today's episode. My wife took it during pregnancy. So we recently just gave birth to a baby girl, uh, Brooke Balduzzi. And throughout pregnancy, I had her actually take Dr. Tan's supplement because I think it is that powerful for health. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Dr. Barry Tan. I know you're going to love this one, and you're going to certainly going to learn a lot about vitamin E. Dr. Barry Tan, welcome officially to the Fit Father Project and the Fit Mother Project podcast. I'm so
0: happy to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Anthony. Great to be on your show. And hopefully this will be a very instructive and useful information to the audience that have been faithfully following you.
1: No doubt will be. And I think this is going to be a really cool episode, probably one of our most unique episodes, because we've never had a actual primary investigating scientific expert on here to talk about a vitamin, vitamin E, that you've dedicated pretty much the large part of your life to studying. And now it almost begs the question, if, if, if one man is to study vitamin E for over you know, 30, 40 years now, What what fascinated you so much about vitamin E? And and tell everyone listening what vitamin E even does. Some people may be familiar, some people may not. So let's start high level, then we'll kind of drill down on how vitamin E might be one of the key things to do to have a good anti-aging and longevity.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, that uh, uh, lead in. Uh, Vitamin E is known as a vitamin discovered by two scientists in University of California, Berkeley, 100 years ago, exactly 1922. And they discovered vitamin E has the ability uh, to able to allow the fetus to go to full term. That's the reason for the vitamin E. Most people today don't know vitamin E as that. That was the reason. Most people today, however, know that Vitamin E is an antioxidant. It's an antioxidant because our body has uh, 38 trillion cells, about 5,000 times the population of the Earth. And all cells must have cell wall And a tocotrienol structure Look like that. Our flesh look, look like that, like this. And then if I put the, the back here on, See that the black color is the carbon hydrogen, so it's very lipid soluble. So if you think of the whole box where my face is, is is the cell membrane. So this stick into the cell membrane. If any part of the fatty acid is oxidized, and then the antioxidant will grab the oxygen and then make it whole again. That's it. That's a and now. The audience is probably aware of and probably sparse because you hear about everything in the universe. People talk about antioxidant. I want to help you to cut to the chase on it. Yes, there are many things that are antioxidant, but I care most about antioxidant that protect the fat. Why is that? First, we have about 30% fat in our body. If you don't think about, if you don't believe me, you put a stick of butter in your Phoenix area out in the sun and you come back even one or two hours later and you smell it, that's the oxidation of fat. If you drive past a roadkill and you smell it, you know exactly what I mean. So the first thing to go bad is the fat. And therefore, the antioxidant I care about most would be the one that protect the cell membrane because loaded in the cell membrane are all fat. And and you probably encourage your audience to eat a lot of omega-3 fish oil. And omega-3 fish oil is very oxidizable. And eventually, they end up in the cell wall. So you need the vitamin E to protect that. That is a kind not. Other wonderful antioxidants like resveratrol, lycopene, astaxanthin, lutein. There are many out there like that. They are good, but they do not land in the cell membrane to protect the cell membrane. So that... Is a very fascinating to me, very basic, and it's not even intervening any disease just to protect the cell wall because the cell is a gated community. It only allows good thing, nutrient to go in and waste to go out. Otherwise, the gated, why is it a gated community, a good one? Because inside the cell is your nucleus. It protects your DNA. It's got the mitochondria that make the energy uh, using ATP, like CoQ10. If that is, compromised, well, then everything else will follow suit. It's not a good idea. So
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful yeah, introduction. I, I, and I, I kind of want to take a minute to recap because I want to make sure everyone gets this first key point before we kind of proceed even deeper into the discussion. We have trillions of cells, and they are filled with this phospholipid fatty bilayer. layer, this outer bile And those fats are sensitive to becoming oxidized, to to having this. You know, we can think of oxidation, I guess, as damage in a very like simple sense. But these these vitamin E's, these tocotrienols, these special kinds of vitamins, wedge themselves into the cells, and they have tails that can come down. And basically help prevent oxidation in these special fats. And then we function better as a result. Is that a, is that a decent summary? It's just a, you did it perfectly. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, so now let's get into this. Because this is where I think the conversation is really interesting. Where a lot of like medical experts, scientific... Uh, okay, a lot of people don't know there's different forms of vitamin E. And oftentimes when we look at supplements, and a supplement may have vitamin E or we see vitamin E in food, it comes in different forms than this very special form of vitamin E that you've been studying, which is tocotrienol. So give us a quick uh, primer on the different kinds of vitamin E and why tocotrienol is the really exciting one when it comes to these biological
0: things. Okay. For vitamin E, there are four tocopherols and four tocotrienols. And then they have the Greek letter Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, uh, tocotrienol, and Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, tocopherol. The one that is most well-known is Alpha, tocopherol. And people know that, and you can buy them everywhere. Uh, Now, of the eight, the two that is most potent, and because hundreds of papers have been published on this, is Delta, tocotrienol, and Gamma, tocotrienol. If you just type delta tocotrienol in the Google search, you'll find you you'll know exactly what I mean. The two most potent is delta and gamma. The one that is best known is alpha tocopherol, and like that. But the alpha tocopherol we can get from our diet. These two, the most potent one is difficult. And then now let me. So I, I explain that. Let me tell you that I, I I love to do this. I think it's a good segue. About 25 years ago, a much younger me, see that I was in South America looking merry go Why did I do that? This, I want to tell you this, this is almost an an unusual finding of me. The year was 1994. There was a famous ophthalmologist at Harvard, and she discovered that in the back of the retina uh, here, where the fovea is right at the highest pixelation that I'm looking at people here, have a lot of zeaxanthin, and flanking out here are the lutein. And she thought that lutein and zeaxanthin, which is a carotene, uh, is able to filter out the blue light. And today we already, everybody knows, you take lutein and zeaxanthin to prevent macular degeneration. I went to South America, and I know that the giant marigold paddle will have, as you see, it was a younger me, I did that. So remember, I went there to look for this. Then about... 30 feet away from me, I found this plant, beautiful anato plant like that. If you look at it carefully, if I touch it, it will stain. So this is the only few carotenoids that I know that actually stain and it's not contained. For example, you would expect beta-carotene in carrot in the cytoplasm. You cannot stain yourself on it until you rub and disrupt the cytoplasm. And you, if you were to take a uh, 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 toxin, Italian sauce, then you will not easily get the lycopene out of the tomato unless you actually abrupt it. If you live in New England, a yucky green lobster or blue shrimp, you cook them, the protein deprotonate, and then you got the beautiful estescented. See? So carotene is normally protected. Not so in the carotene of this. It stains it, and the British call this anato plant, the lipstick plant, because of the staining color. So I knew then, some because it's not protected, something must be protecting this carotene. I thought it was a polyphenol, like many of the antioxidants. Then, surprising to me, this is this is truly the discovery. Surprising to me, it is not a polyphenol. More surprising to me. It did not contain any tocopherol, and most surprising to me, it only contained tocotrienol and the two most potent one, delta tocotrienol, gamma tocotrienol. Then you know, I went to South America to look for lutein and zeaxanthin. This is actually a a sharp left turn on something else. So, and this is in the Amazonia. No, this is an Amazonian plant. Look at this bark here, like that. The frog is about a, a size of a dime, and this thing here is about size of a grape seed. So, and the Amazonian tree frog is first discovered only in the 1980s or 70s. So, therefore, this plant is true of the Amazonia, mostly grown in the tropics. You can only find this grow in United States if you go to Hawaii or if you go to certain botanical garden inside. Ask them for anato plant or the lipstick plant, and they probably show you. But for me. It is actually a spiritual moment, and then from then on, I, I left the lutein and zeaxanthin not because unimportant, because I went back to pursue the toco traiino in my discovery. From this point,
1: that's so cool. And I want to I want to kind of give my summary of this as we go along too. You basically were we use the word vitamin A, but these carotenoids that many people are familiar with are you know related to vitamin A and beta carotene being a form of that. So you went to go look for what we mm-hmm. call carotenoids and vitamin A, but then you find that in this, in this very special plant, the Sonato plant, that has this coloration that seems to be outside, not inside the cell wall. And you're like, why could that possibly be? How is it not being oxidized? And then you discover that these tocotrienols, the two potent forms, are there protecting these carotenoids, making them bioavailable. And now you're like, wow, this is something special and unique you don't find very often. Let's start to explore this deeply. And then you discover some of these biological effects in a deeper way or, or, or really like look into them more. Is that a, is that a fair summary?
0: That, that is a fair, very fair summary. So uh, all, all that to say, even though the story is true, is that I went there to look for something else and somehow my attention is redirected to this. I was already studying topotrino. So so it is ca- kind of li- like, like an accidental find to the learned scientist like that. But however, when I found this source, this source is unique. Previous to this, uh, Dr. Anthony, I have found three sources of tocotrienol in the plant kingdom. They are they are uh, uh, abound, but for tocotrienol you only can find three in three places, and I discover all of them. the uh, The first one uh, I discovered was on palm palm oil, and the other one on rice bran oil, and then. I stopped the research, so the audience does know why did you stop the research. If you know tocotrienol is good, because rice and palm contain about twenty-five to fifty percent tocopherol, and I can't separate the tocopherol. So when I did the research, I found that the tocopherol supposedly to be innocuous, but they were not innocuous. They actually put breaks on the function of tocotrienol. So then. I have a functional problem. So, therefore, I segue to do carotenoid. And then I found out from this Anato, and the Anato, listen carefully Anato is the only source of vitamin E in nature, unadulterated, that is tocopherol free. So right now, I found a source that would not put brakes on the function of tocotrienol. Immediately, I called my, the father of modern-day tocotrienol's research. And he was a professor at the time at University of Wisconsin Medicine. And then I remember distinctive what he said. Barry, if tocotrienol would mitigate human chronic conditions, this anato tocotrienol better do, better do. If it does not, all of our research have gone Way. So, so that was in probably in 19, uh, uh, 1989, 1990. And since then, my entire life have been arrested to do research, both in animal study and later the 20 clinical trials uh, 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 in Toko Trienor and would love to pursue that as you ask me a question on that.
1: Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that now. I think it's a perfect segue to actually looking at some of the evidence that you thought you found from all your research that this is beneficial, and to spell out maybe some mechanisms that you either have seen directly or hypothesized about why it's so uh, effective. And, and the antioxidant capacity in the lipid bilayer is probably going to be the thing we kind of come back to. But what have you found? Like, why would people care to go down this rabbit hole of like starting to supplement with something like tocotrienol? What are the actual benefits? Whether it's on chronic disease or just just improving memory or just overall health and function. Like, let's start talking about some some of the research you find most compelling and stuff you like to share on the science front.
0: Okay, and uh, I never get to answer the difference between a tocopherol and tocotrienol. A tocopherol and tocotrienol look look like a sperm. Uh, look like a tadpole. It's got a head, which is the an antioxidant part, and then a tail. Uh, uh, imagine this. This would be this would be the shape of a tocopherol. The the head is the same. And then the tail is this long. Atoko trino, I purposely blocked the pencil. It'll be slightly shorter. So because it's slightly shorter, when it sick into the cell membrane, it's able to move around the cell membrane fifty times faster than the cartwheel. So I usually like to capture that uh, as uh, a vitamin E captures the bad guy, a tocopherol, because it's deeper anchored into the membrane, it's like a local police in the town capture the bad guys, and, and a, a tocotrienol would be like a state trooper across the whole state to capture, able to uh, 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 superficially cover a larger surface area. That, that is just the, the, the description of the molecule. Now, as to the function, we probably... Me and other people have published probably about 500 over papers out there. In animal study first, and I'm not the only one, so let's be clear. And then the chronic conditions are lipidemia, high fat, high high uh, cholesterol, and then metabolic syndrome that are pre-diabetic. And then we also study uh, diabetes and then I, uh, and then fatty liver disease. This cluster of chronic conditions like that and obesity like that. And then the other one, time permitting, and I, I... I was just stricken in my heart. Of the five, 500 to 700 published study, initially it was about one third of that. And eventually it become even like half. Of those studies were well, not the one I mentioned to you. They were on cancer. Cancer is largely thought of as a chronic condition, except for childhood cancer, which is even more blood-borne cancer and brain cancer. Otherwise, most of the hundreds of cancer are also aging. Time permitting, I can cover... The clinical study we are doing on cancer. That that is kind of like a little bit off on left field like that. I decided to do that because half of the study is on it. And I jolly well know the FDA will never allow me approval. But I did that because I want to prove to myself it worked on it. However, later on the one that I mentioned to you, we did all the animal study, the metabolic syndrome, the lipidemia like that. Then eventually I got to do clinical study. Now, clinical study, you have to choose your battle because you they cost so much money and they take such a long time. They are not guinea pigs. They are people. So when you do study with people, it had to be well controlled. You got to do it right. Otherwise, it won't work like that. So we have done clinical study. I'll, I'll mention it to you and then you can decide, okay, Dr. Tan, can you talk about this one or this one or this one? We have decided to do it on lipidemia, first, on triglyceride and cholesterol. Later, we segue to pre-diabetes, the early stages of metabolic syndrome. We also study people with diabetes, already have high sugar. And we have very uh, long study, almost over eight years on three clinical trials on people with fatty liver disease. It's about 30% of Americans have this silent disease. And we also study postmenopausal women with osteopenia and also study uh, 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 50-something, 60-something-year-old men and women who are obese. So those are all the different chronic conditions that we study. So now I pass it back on to you. You can just pick and choose which one you would like me to elaborate. I'd like to actually quickly go through most
1: of those because I think they're relevant to everyone listening. But let's start with like the hyperlipidemia. Someone who goes to their doctor and they get lab work that comes back that says they have high triglycerides. Maybe they have certain patterns of high LDL, low HDL. Like, how does it affect blood lipids if you do take something like a tocotrienol? What have you
0: found from your research? Okay, uh, the typical uh, a lower lipid a uh, 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 cholesterol lowering is statin drugs it inhibit it inhibits a pathway we call it the, the uh, mevalonic acid pathway. Just think of that pathway as interstate 95. There are no interstate more traffic than interstate 95 is one in three people drive on that interstate. The cholesterol pathway synthesis is that because all cells need cholesterol to live. Yeah. It's just too much cholesterol give us heart problem and arteriosclerosis problem. And that happens. So they invented this drug to inhibit at the very top. Think of interstate and Maine to Florida. They they go after the cholesterol thing at Boston exit. So and then the cholesterol thing is about New York City uh, somewhere there. And then it lower. This image is relatively correct like that. And then inhibit and then cholesterol drop. Tocotrienol work. Also on this uh, on C fifteen, not not C five, somewhere uh, like in New Haven, somewhere there, it it, it uh, inhibit not in the sense to lock it up like satin does. but satin locks it up and the cholesterol lower about forty fifty percent. The tocotrienol thing in, in, in New Haven kind of like dial it down. So when you dial it down, so the cholesterol would drop not as dramatic as statin. So you see the cholesterol drop like 15, 20%. Now, n- n- nothing to sneeze at, but it's not like a drug working without any side effects. So that's how cl- uh, uh, the tocotrile lower the cholesterol by dialing down the enzyme to make the cholesterol.
1: Nice. And that's, that's really good news. Have, have you seen people take a statin with all together?
0: Has that been studied? That has been studied uh, as early as in the late uh, 1990s. And basically, that study showed that if you take statin, it will drop about 20%. If you take, that is the first generation of statin. And then if you take that with tocotrienol, then it would drop another five, 10% more. So then then the scientists said that you can talk to your doctor, maybe you can uh, titrate down uh, your statin intake and then take a, a, a tocotrienol with your statin with lower dose of statin.
1: And some people who take statins complain, you know, there's myalgias. There's certain things that can happen, maybe some decreases in for men testosterone levels. Is this something that tocotrienol is free from? Do we know have any data on any of that aspect of it? Does it affect hormones in the same way that statins may?
0: I I will try to answer that question uh, in in the in the way uh, uh, that CoQ10 is dropped or not because it's well-known, again, if you, the satin inhibit at uh, uh, Boston, tocotrienol work in New Haven, and then the cholesterol uh, 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 sy- synthesis is in New York City, segue this way, and then CoQ10 is further down. So when people take satin drug, CoQ10 drop. everybody knows this, so we supplement CoQ10, and when we did the, the tocotrienol study, we checked for people's coq10, and we noticed that the coq10 did not drop, and nobody in all our clinical trials subsequent to this ever complained about possibility of myopathy or any other side effects. But now that you mentioned the myopathy thing, I will I will say this: down here where the coq10 is made, the 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 body exit makes five carbon at a time, so the the, the, the statin inhibit at 5 carbon, 10 carbon, 15 carbon is where cholesterol is made. And then 20 carbon, there's a the compound in 20 carbon in the human body. It's called geranol, geranol. I'll just acronymize it to GG. Later, I can give you my website. You can download all the papers to read. GG. This compound GG, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move away now. So you can see, this is the compound uh, GG here. This compound in the front here is GG. See the tail here? The plant uses this GG to make the tocotrienol. So as if I was not blessed enough. To discover tocotrienol in in this beautiful anato plant that I show you, when I extracted the, the uh, removed the color and extracted the tocotrienol, I I still found that there is about a few percent of something look yellowish light orangey color, and then I was curious. I found this thing. Then now the plant uses this to make vitamins like vitamin E like vitamin K and vitamin A, like that. The plant uses it. It, This is just really spiritual to me. In the human body, we make this compound. In the human body, it's uh, unable to use this compound to synthesize vitamin E, K, or A, or D like this. Really? So plants can, but humans can't use GG to build these things. Correct. But however, in human, we use this compound to make the compound behind me, much longer tail, that is coenzyme Q10. Everybody in the audience know this. If you look at the black and white, that's the entire tail of CoQ10 all the way to the end there. There is about two and a half GG stitched onto the whole tail of CoQ10 to do this. So did you actually understood what I said? No supplement makes CoQ10. And GG is used endogenously means inside your body to make CoQ10. So you can supplement with GG and get CoQ10 increases. So this
1: is probably the first supplement that you've ever seen as a precursor to CoQ10 effectively.
0: Right, that is right. And, And right now, now you piece it all together. People take statin drug, cholesterol lower, and CoQ10 lower. So we supplement CoQ10. But nobody ever explained to you or to me, to us, why if you take statin drug, CoQ10 drop? The reason when we take statin drug, CoQ10 drop, is because GG uh, uh, statin inhibits GG synthesis. And because it inhibits GG, there is not available GG to make CoQ10. Therefore, CoQ10 drop. Now, as some of the audience know, CoQ10 the scientific word is ubiquinone and ubiqu it's called ubiquinone because it's ubiquitous in the bo- all <laughs> over our body yeah. so right now let me propose to the audience the reason coq10 is ubiquitous is because gg is ubiquitous this is, this is such a blessing. I don't want to steal the thunder away. Can you imagine it? I'm stealing the thunder away from tocotriino, which I spent my whole life to study. And then because of my discovery of this thing, I'm so passionate. But but I wanted to finish up the tocotriino and maybe the last minute or two, you can do about the GG thing like that. So for lipidemia, we gave people about 100 to 200 milligrams and the cholesterol would drop. But when that happened, Dr. Anthony, I noticed that, these people with high cholesterolemia. oh, the triglyceride also dropped. And I remember, triglyceride dropped is important for people that have metabolic syndrome, which means pre-diabetes and diabetes. So then we decided, okay, now that I got the lipidemia piece, then I'm going to the second piece. So I'm looking at people with metabolic syndrome, uh, insulin resistance, but they are not yet diabetic. That means that the sugar is normal high, but not super high. But the triglyceride is normal high and somewhat high. And then, so we have this normal high sugar Quite high triglyceride. So we gave them tocotrienol you know, like that, and the triglyceride dropped dramatically. And actually, the sugar dropped a little bit. I can see the balance is coming back into kilter. And, and then I thought, this is great because 90 million Americans have, have a pre diabetic. Then, encouraged by this, this is everything I talk about take me two to three years. They add up. It's a long time coming. Then I decided to do diabetic study. So now the sugar have gone up the roof. And then and then they're also taking medication to lower the sugar like that. The triglyceride also is high. So when when we did that, we found that the sugar dropped and the triglyceride dropped. But I was not satisfied, uh, Dr. Anthony, that the sugar dropped. I need to know that the insulin is response. That's asking a lot. So therefore, I study a, a marker called HOMA-IR. HOMA-IR is hemiostatic uh, uh, insulin resistant. So it's a measurement for both the sugar drop, like the overnight fasting sugar, as well as the improvement of the insulin. And we found that the homa IR drug. So I know the insulin is activated. So then I said, wow, this is as good as it can get. How much were this patient given? They were given uh, the lowest dose was about 250 milligrams. And the high dose is about 400 milligram on this pre-diabetic diabetic study.
1: And is that once per day, twice per day? Is it taken with a fatty
0: meal? Does it matter? Okay, uh, Always taken with a fatty meal. If you take it on an empty stomach, then less than half will be absorbed. So it's a waste. So take it with a, a fatty meal and then, uh, uh how much? Uh, 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 take it twice uh, up up to 300 milligrams, you can take it all at once. So if you have 400 milligrams, you take it twice a day. And typically, I take mine with lunch and dinner. And why would I take it? I'm a small size guy, but I have genetic hypercholesterolemia. So I wanted to take it because it also low. Oh, i forgotten to tell this piece. Oh, I'm so glad. When I when I did this, I knew that these people who are pre-diabetic and diabetic have systemic inflammation. So we measure the C-reactive protein and the interleukin-6. And and, uh, you can clearly see physiologically, it calmed down the inflammation in the body. But I will leave the last piece last. After this, I decided to go for the best one, uh, to go for the biggest one. About about 25 to 30% of the American population have fatty liver. Who would have guessed 30 years ago when people have cirrhotic liver is because of over over drinking of alcohol. And today we have people liver looking like people who have consumed over excess of alcohol but have nothing to do with alcohol. It has to do with seriously heavy fat enough that this condition is called NAFLD. It just acronyms from acronyms for it's a lengthy word, but you got the gist when I say the name non alcoholic fatty liver disease. Yeah, so basically, you're having
1: scarred, hurt livers. No presence of alcohol; it's from our diet, obviously, and you know what we're ingesting. You know, from a high sugar content and a high fat content. Yes. And then this liver. For so people know, it's like we have the idea that it's like it helps detoxify things. Yes, it does. But it's one of our main metabolic organs that helps maintain our blood sugar. It helps you know process all these different kinds of things. When the liver becomes fatty, it just doesn't work well, and then all this stuff starts to happen. So take us take us away on how vitamin E and tocotrienol interfaces with this story.
0: Well, this, this is this, you, you said that it makes the liver not able to work well. I'll come back to that, and I'll give you a reason when the tocotrinyl fixes the liver, how it worked well, and it has to do with weight loss. But I'll, I'll wait that last. I, I, so we decided to do clinical trial on people with fatty liver. We did a three-month study. So we did the usual measurement about a uh, 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 triglyceride. Home uh insulin, sugar, because all these are a little bit out of kilter, like that, and inflammation. So after three months, we found out that, okay, the liver enzyme, AST, ALT, come down, their stress liver enzyme, they come down, C-reactive protein, all this come down like that. See, I, Normally, people would just talk about this. They, they, we, are, we have so many data proving this, so fantastic. It will be insane if a person who has it will not take this, you know. But just a three-month study. So I told my scientists working with me, I, I, I'm good with this, but I need it to be sustainable. Why did I ask the question? Because the liver is the largest solid organ in the body. So I need this to be shown. So then I committed to another study for six months. The three month study is finished, published. Then I do the six month study. It did the same thing. So the same thing as stressed liver enzyme, But in the six-month study, we did more. We did uh, uh, a septosis. We we used NMR to, to scan the liver. The fat went out. We also did a little bit of fibrosis study. When is too much fat in the liver then there's scarring tissue in the liver, and when you have scarring tissue, it's beginning not to be reversible like that. So we did that. And mostly we know that the fat removed from the liver, which is good. you know, uh, uh, Usually when you take too much fat, uh, uh, the fat fluxes into the liver, and then the liver then form a, a triglyceride fat, and they're not getting out, and then the liver becomes fatty. That's how, and then toxic things begin to accumulate in the liver. So, but I noticed in the six-month study, I actually was not wanting to deal with this, with all honesty. We we saw that the patient lost about fifteen to seventeen pound. And then I look at the data, it was statistically significant. Then I went back to the three month study, they lost about twelve pound. Then I said, and then my scientist said, Well, Dr. Tan, I, I think this Toko tri- you know have weight loss? He said, no, no, no. I don't want to use that word because when people do weight loss, it's two weeks to four weeks, but this is three months and six months. Don't use that because I don't want to be deceiving the audience. But then I said, okay, I'm willing to do a one-year study. This took me two years to do the one-year study because during the COVID time. And it took so long and it recruit people. We did that, Dr. Anthony, and we just published, we literally just published this last month. So in the 12-month study, this time we did all the things that I told you we did, plus we have CAT scan. We don't want to miss anything the, mm-hmm. to, to look at the liver as well as the spleen behind the liver. Mm-hmm. And the cast can allow us to do this. So we saw all the parameters I told you, the inflammation reduced, the liver enzymes drop, uh, the oxidized fat dropped, inflammation decreased, uh, fibrosis dropped, septosis dropped. And then again, we notice the weight loss. Then the weight loss this time is about 12 pounds. So consistently, now I can say a time-dependent study from three month, six months, twelve month, that the patient lost no less than 12 to 15 pounds. So for me, whether that is that is I still do not consider it a weight loss, but I consider it this way. When they took the tocotrienol the liver is coming back to balance. As the liver is coming back to balance and working properly, it even it affects the body storage of fat, not only in the liver, in the whole body system. And then we saw the weight loss. So for me, that is kind of icing on the cake. In the design of the study, we did not expect the, uh, a weight loss. And I, I I consider that the weight loss because the body metabolism is coming back into balance, into kilter, and therefore even the lost weight also happened. That is really a blessing.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful result. And I, I love what you're sharing. It's effectively it's a weight loss as a byproduct of things. Working better, the body restoring to balance. It's not like it's thermogenic or necessarily increasing calorie burn per se. It's just helping everything function better, which the body is then able to have a healthier metabolism and weight loss is is potentially like just a byproduct of this, or here it is clearly shown in your study. I want to talk about another important organ. I think it becomes more important as we age, and that's the organ upstairs right here. We have this brain, which is largely filled with fat. You know, there's a lot of fatty tissue in the brain. I imagine that vitamin E and particularly the tocotrienol form. Has some benefits on cognition. I couldn't see how it wouldn't. Have you done any research on that on like memory cognition? And we see such an increase these days of, you know, whether it's dementia, Alzheimer's, memory impairment, cognitive decline as we age. And a lot of people listening are thinking about how do I keep my mind sharp with age? Is there anything around the vitamin E story that you feel like interfaces with this and can help?
0: We ourselves didn't do the study. Japanese scientists and other people have. And what they had noticed is they gave animal high-fat diet and they noticed that Uh, uh, the tocotrienol is able to improve the memory of the high fat. Apparently, the high fat diet is not the omega-3, but the brain is supposed to have omega-3. They have high fat diet, kind of like simulating metabolic syndrome. And then they found out that uh, uh, the rat is able to have improved memory. Uh, on that. In
1: the presence of a high-fat diet, which is interesting when you look at research high-fat diets, because that might not mean the same thing like a human high-fat diet. It's effectively a high-fat diet. It's a diet that will cause weight gain or model you know, an unhealthy standard American diet, which means it has fat, but it also typically have quite a bit of sugar in those high-fat diets too, right? Or carbohydrate. What's the proportion? Is it like 50% sugar,
0: like 30% fat? percent protein, something like that? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, I did not know. I remember that they say, they design. Sometime I've seen study that design high fat and high carb diet, but this one may be high fat. I don't remember if it was high carb diet. We have done other study with high fat and high carb, meaning sugar like that. And in that, we saw a TOCO trying impact uh, on the, the weight gain of the rat. But the most distinctive thing I remember from those animal studies was that when they gave tocotrienol to this high-carb, high-fat diet, they distinctively lower the severity of the inflammation. So that probably is an oxidative protection because they are, you can almost touch the animal and then the, their temperature are warmer. Because, because they're just seriously inflamed. You can, you can feel it by the increase in temperature. And other people have did other sag animal study that we didn't pursue. For example, they use tocotrienol and they reduce the inflammation and increase the airway. So that it, people can imagine this in the COVID time, what that could be a benefit of. Those studies were studying asthma, uh, cigarette smoke, and an uh, allergenic response uh, from cat and, and other animal from from from, from their uh, uh, protease enzyme that they smell from it. So so, but they're mostly lung related, allergenic related, and that kind of situation can s- certainly be compounded in, in our pandemic situation like that. So we didn't pursue those, but we read other people doing those kind of studies. Got it. Okay, so I want to kind of bring this a little full circle.
1: We have vitamin E. You can find certain forms of vitamin E, typically those tocopherols, in you know nuts, seeds, vegetables, oils, certain certain animal foods. It's right to say from your research that tocotrienols, particularly the two forms, I believe it's the delta and the gamma, Uh are are the heavy hitters, and they're pretty much not found in foods. I mean, in very little amounts. They're in rice bran. They're in palm oil, but they all are in a natto, is really where you find them in massive abundance. Yes. Along with GG. So I think this is an interesting scenario we're at here because normally a good nutrition advice would be. Eat a colorful diet. You know, eat good, wide range of different kinds of foods, mostly non-processed, and you're going to get health benefits. But this seems like a scenario where to really reap the benefits of the research you're doing, you would need to supplement. You would need to go out of your way, unless you have some way to get a natto and you're not around that and you incorporate that into your foods. Like supplementing is the way to kind of get some of these benefits. Speak to that, please. And I know you personally take your supplements. And this is a caveat too. I originally I told you this before we hopped on. Is I well, heard one of your interviews. Maybe almost like a year ago. And I was so blown away that through my wife's last pregnancy, we had her taking the tocotrienols, your specific supplement, the Delta Gold, the whole time. Because, you know, when something's growing, right? We know the vitamin E research on, on full-term babies. But when something's growing, you could use all the all the lipid support possible. So is this something that people need to supplement? And how expensive is it to supplement with something like this? And, and another question in there to throw one more in here to see if you can remember all this stuff. What supplements do you take for your own longevity and well being besides, you know, probably your GGs and your proper form of vitamin
0: E? Okay. I'll answer the first part. When you take a normal, uh, what is normal, right? People ask, uh, uh, an American diet, we typically would get. About 10 milligram, uh, about 15 milligram of alpha-tocopherol, just from your normal diet. For the, that part of the vitamin E, tocopherol. On the tocotrienol, you know, based on an American diet, probably 2 to 5 milligrams, just eating uh, from food like that. You can find tocotrienol in a small, small amount uh, in nuts uh, like uh, corn, avocado, pistachio, like this. So in an American diet. Uh, and we don't consume a lot of palm oil, although some food are made with palm oil. You have more, and rice bran oil is a well kept secret. Uh, Japanese make tempura with rice bran oil, and they have more. And they, mostly they make the tempura because it's crispy. But the toko try, you know, protect uh, uh, the the uh, the-, yeah, the frying process. Oh, so that that's that part there. If you're in South America, where the people use a lot of anato uh, like that, uh, in the in the West, by the way, we, we use anato for coloring cheese. So the next time when you go to Trader Joe or Whole Food, the cheese with yellow yellowish orangey hue that's probably anato. So it's not a strange plant. We use it since time memorial, but people not talk about the tocofino in it. But still, it's a small amount. If you eat. South American food, like, like uh, although there's a lot of carbs, so, you know, it's always checkered. You know, if if you see Mexican rice, you see that they're looking a little orangey color, so they probably have uh, anato in it. And if you were to go to any Hispanic store, and if they do not understand when you say the word anato, just use the Spanish word, they'll instantly know. It's called achote, A C U I T E, achote. Then they'll show you a bag, it's relatively inexpensive, and you go online. You can learn how to cook all kinds of uh, uh, Spanish related food. So, if you were to be in South America, you probably could get about five to 10 milligrams from it because of the abundant use of anato, not common in the West here, except for cheese coloring. So, in In a normal person taking it for antioxidant health, like cell membrane I mentioned to you, depending on the weight of the person, this is a generalized number, 100 to 200 milligram for antioxidant protection. So if I have mild chronic condition, or I have a family history of this and that, my parents are this, my brother, sister have this, Then probably anywhere from three to 400 milligrams. These are round numbers. And if I have a serious chronic condition, I describe a few in our clinical trials, then they're probably more like uh, 400 to 600 milligrams. So I give you a range. Now, I know you didn't ask this, and, and I didn't answer that what supplement I take, I will do that like that. I just want to put in one or two minutes thing uh, on talk on cancer. Cancer is a dreaded big C word, and no, we don't want to deal with it. We hope that all of us can dodge the bullet, we're healthy, and even dodging the bullet, we we also have to dodge the bullet of our genetic makeup that could also default into cancer. It's just really like that. There were one third and become half of all the animal study say that tocotrienol is a massively able to kill the cancer. And when I read, and I read, and then I'm making tocotrienol. And then I decided that I'm going to put my own money to find out in clinical study to see if tocotrienol would mitigate cancer or not. And even if I do, and if it works, I still will never get FDA approval. But I didn't care. I need to, I need to know. So I did. That, that is a will of me. And then the star lineup, the chief oncologist in Denmark, nobody in the US, in Denmark, he was wanting to do studies And many of his patients would take experimental drugs and then when they will not work and then they pass away and then the surviving spouse would get reimbursed from the, from the government. This is not allowed in the US, but they're allowed there. So in other words, they waste a whole bunch of money anyway. And then for drugs that didn't work, experiment. So he decided to do that. So right now we have in Denmark about six to eight ongoing, some finished, some aborted clinical trials. And it probably cost the government $15 million for which we didn't pay. But I have to provide the medicine. And the medicine does to provide it to them, make it in a proper way for them. These patients take 900 milligrams, 300 milligrams each for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What are the cancers we study? These are clinical trials. We are studying stage four cancer patients, which means that there are no more available options and most of them would not live. So just remember the context. They're not stage one, two, three, stage four, but no option, they've gone everywhere like that. So we study four cancers, ovarian, breast, lung, and colon. Yes, we can do more, but we are only studying these four. Very common cancers, Yeah, yeah. Very common cancer. Right now, the ovarian cancer is done. We're waiting for the other cancer probably in another year or two. What result did we get on the ovarian cancer? They are given anti-angiogenic drugs. So these are the drugs that prevent the tumor from growing any bigger. And the second group, they took anti-angiogenic drug and tocotrienol. That's the only design that is allowed, that is ethical, because they cannot stop taking the anti-angiogenic drug. Fine. So six months after this study, The one that take the angiogenic drug, probably the life have been extended for a bit. There are no more. So it's a pretty harsh reality, but they're stage four. And for those in addition, they took the 900 milligram, 60% still living. And they decided to pursue on that. And after two years, 25% still living. So for me, that is not a home run, but it is still a win. That means that, and it's known that tocotrienol is anti-angiogenic. I know time doesn't permit me like that. You can Google. And when a tumor is growing, they, they, they consume a lot of nutrients. So they, they build this funny blood vessel and suck a blood vessel nearby artery. So it's new growth of blood added, the aberrant blood added. And the tocotrienol come in, they chop they chop this thing off. So when they chop it off, so the artery cannot feed the tumor, essentially they're starving the tumor to death. That is the that is the mechanism of anti-angiogenesis tocotrienol provide. So we are grateful. And my colleague in Florida is doing pancreatic cancer. And we're hoping that he can also do the colon cancer in Florida as well. These studies are not yet afoot, but we are it's still in the works. So, so that is the tocotrienol piece.
1: I have one quick question. It's amazing to me that a particular molecule like tocotrienol would be able to have an anti-angiogenic Property in a cancer cell, but doesn't affect healthy tissue. Like, how do these things like work and differentiate? Why is it not anti-angiogenic all over the place? You know, like and maybe it's just the environment of the cancer where particularly like it interacts that way, but it's just fascinating to me how it has like a very specific effect in tissue that's not growing healthy, but in other contexts, it's actually protecting the lipid bilayer, creating healthy arteries, and it's not, you know. Breaking down tissue,
0: right? So. so a short answer would be that they actually try, that that question you asked is fantastically insightful. They they deliberately put tocoltrine in normal cells, and, and nothing happened. Uh, uh, nothing the, the the animal did not get stunted. You see, because they have and you, they will just be emaciated. Nothing like that. They believe that when tumor grow like this, they are very aberrant. They are not ordinary. So they have control system that make the tumor grow. So the tocotrienol work to dial down and control that tumor growth. But in normal growth, that control is what they call growth and apoptosis, normal growth. And then when in normal growth, they do not bring about apoptosis. It just let the grow to the normal life. If the cell is meant to grow six months before they die, then it stays six months before they die. But in angiogenic growth of cells, they grow like mad, you know, they're just supposed to go. So then they stop the growth and kill the cell like that. But another time, if you interview me again, in the case of psoriasis, in the case of wound healing, that is normal, you want angiogenesis, because have no angiogenesis, you will, and tocotriino is known to have wound healing, and actually uh, wound healing, which is supporting angiogenesis, uh, like that, and so, uh, but that will take another, uh, those are things, you know, if I live long enough, God willing, I will probably put more uh, resources to do more o- o- of those uh, studies, but before we go to the GG, let me answer this question, personally, I take this, I take a natural multi that does not have normal tocopherol and designed for health mate a multi that does not have tocopherol like that. I take tocotrienol because it's good for my cell wall protection in my body, and then I take. CoQ10 because it protect me as I grow older in my cardiovascular health. So those are the main one I take. Of course, in addition to that, I take fish oil because I cannot consume enough omega three. And then beyond that, uh, 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 periodically I, I take some uh, uh, resveratrol uh, like that. So those are the added on. But the three, four main ones are CoQ10, tocotrienol, uh, a multi that does not contain tocopherol like that. And GG GG to to prevent me from having uh, any sarcopenia because of muscle. I know you're going to ask about that. Yeah.
1: Well, let's go. Let's talk about GG. And again, to kind of make sure everyone's kind of caught up, is GG is this building block that our bodies use to make CoQ10 and these other like, which is again, ubiquinone, like ubiquitously found in all cells. It helps with energy production. And it was spiritual for you because you found the GG were like these like Lego blocks of building up and you found a source of it and you found how important it is and you understood how statins kind of block higher up in the pathway and cause problems. So let's get into GG. Like where does this, where does the story get bigger? And, and let's get into the highlights of the GG story.
0: If you can still hear me, as I show you in the front here is a GG molecule, also from Anato, and in the back here is a large, long, long tail, a coq10 molecule. If you look at the tail, the black and white molecules here, so two and a half lengths of the entire tail of coq10 comes from GG. I'm actually saying that if you take GG, or whether you take GG or not, the reason your body makes CoQ10 is because of GG. And the reason when people take satin and then a CoQ10 drop is because it's on the same pathway, it inhibits GG and therefore CoQ10 drops. So you know that now, as we grow old, even if you don't take satin, if you grow old, what? older. When a person after 30 years or 40, they begin to notice 50, 60, even more noticeable, they begin to have increased muscle mass loss. Uh, we should have about 40% muscle mass and the skeletal muscle protein like that, but their loss, and nobody seems to explain why, and everybody is taking copious amount of amino acid and protein. They are not necessarily bad. but But GG is required for the making in the body of skeletal muscle protein. I'm saying as simplistically as I can. There are three things our body use GG to make that. I know are probably more in the future. One the most important one, I believe, skeletal muscle protein synthesis, for which 40% weight it is. So in other words, you can do it resistively, physical exercise, which is a good thing to do, and then do that. So if you do physical exercise, it actually stimulates your body to make more GG. Therefore, you can do it like that. So, But people don't have that narrative. The only narrative is protein, protein. Right, I amino mean, acid, yeah. So yeah. that's that part. And the second one, GG is required for the synthesis of CoQ10. I explained that to you. That is the energetics to give us energy. And the last one, like that. I don't have time to elaborate, but that let you know this. GG is required in the body for the synthesis of MK4. Everybody know we should have we should be taking menoquinone 7, but not MK4. You should interview me another time sooner than later.
1: And this is vitamin K really is what we're talking about now. We're talking about a, a special subset of vitamin
0: K. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and this vitamin K uh, uh, is from GG. And Manoquinone are uh, made by fermentation in the gut. The only menoquinone made in the human body all over is MK4. So MK4 is found in the body where CoQ10 is found in the body all over. And these two are found all over in the body because of GG. So if you... Uh, uh, if you think of uh, MK4, like strong bone, uh, strong muscle, uh, 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 cal- anti-calcification in the artery, because of meninoquinone, is probably ending up because of, of GG. If they have GG, this will be mitigated. If they don't, calcification of the artery, weak bone, low energy, and then clotting factor problem like that. So I am, to, to tell you, how incredibly blessed I am to first found this plan to make Toko trieno, and then furthermore to further find Gigi. And we are the only company in the world and we make it right here in United States. So, and and, in another time, I was not born in United States. I'm an immigrant here, though I've been here for a long time like that. And then I have many, People asking me, why don't you make this in other countries? I said, no, this is not my country of birth. It's my country of adoption. I love the U.S. I'm going to make it here and it's going to stay here. And then now I have the privilege to say that this Gigi and Toko Trino is made in the United States, right here in Massachusetts, you know, and this has a huge blessing to people. If you if you go on our website, uh, uh, you, you either type my name, Barry Tan, spelled B-A-R-R-I-E, or you go to American River Nutrition, you probably can download all the papers of Gigi, of tocotrienol, and we also make a product where the Gigi and CoQ10 put together, we call it Quinol. so Delta Gold, GG Gold and Duokunol. That's it. We don't make anything else and we don't even make finished product. If you go to the website, you list all the companies selling them. So if you want to buy tocotrienol or buy Vitamin E, make sure it is not tocopherol. And if it is tocotrienol, make sure it say Anato tocotrienol. And if you want to buy the one that made from us here in Massachusetts in the US, make sure in the back it says Delta Gold somewhere. That means that they, they make their brand, but it, they got it from Delta Gold. But if it's dual Quinol, which is the CoQ10 and GG, or the GG Gold, we are the only company in the world making it now. Well, was
1: this a absolutely wonderful and informative presentation? I mean... Thank you. I, I do think it's a privilege to be able to interview at this point in your career, having learned so much and yet also pushing so many exciting fronts. I wish you a beautiful next few years ahead, continuing to be a champion for the importance of, of tocotrienals and GG. I mean, this is literally the first time I'm learning about GG, so I'm really pumped up. And I know a lot of people listening will find this. I would encourage with this conversation, this is the one you might want to listen to A couple times over and over to really let it sink in. And of course, there's going to be a link to American River Nutrition, your website, and all this in the show notes. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on one of our podcast platforms, there's going to be links to Dr. Barry Tan and all of your amazing stuff. Thank you for coming on, spending your time with us today for doing all the amazing research. It's very clear to me that you're a man driven by tremendous passion. And I love that this has become a spiritual thing for you, like a, like a deep calling forward of like epiphany and now
0: sharing for the goodness of others. It makes me very happy. So thank you, Dr. Tan, so much. It's amazing to have you today. Thank you so much. And if you want to download the book, it's free of charge. You can go online and then download it. The book that I show you here is a Labor of love. But thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend, all of you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much, Dr. Tan. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fit Father Project Podcast. If you love what you heard, please rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread this show to more men who need this valuable info. To watch full video episodes of this podcast and other motivational videos to inspire your training and more, visit our Fit Father Project YouTube channel. It's free and everything's made for busy guys over 40 like you. Visit youtube.com forward slash Fit Project to get access to our entire video library.